It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So, how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Inside the Game Gox's show, J.C. Sherber, Phil Molinax here with you on a Monday, another Victory Monday episode. Oh, feels uh, good. Of the show. Yeah, second uh, second straight SEC Victory Monday, fourth straight uh, technical Victory Monday, victories, victories, victories all around. But, uh, you, you, with all the losing that's taken place around here uh, in recent years, it, it actually – uh, it's a little bit different, a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable, dare I say. It's, uh, it's anxiety inducing. <laughs> yeah, they, they we're not sitting there going, oh man, you know. But uh, the Gamecocks did win thirty to twenty four against Texas A and M Saturday night. First ever win against the Aggies. Um, can't say enough about the atmosphere at Williams Bryce. Uh, how that made a big difference in the game with all the false start penalties. Uh, Gamecocks not only survived the Texas A and M team that I think is talented, Phil. I didn't see them, and I talked all week last week about them being opportunistic. I didn't see them give up in that game. They, they weathered the storm just like they did against Arkansas. Um, and so I kind of felt like, you know, they, they, they haven't necessarily quit. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's getting a lot of heat about it, um, about losing to Carolina, and I don't get it. Uh, I think a, a lot of ways, you know, the national media continues to be uh, in love with uh, offensive gurus, right? <laughs> right. And uh, mm-hmm. so when Mike Leach in Mississippi State, well, you know, last I checked, they weren't even – they didn't score against Bama until the last play of the game uh, mm-hmm. Saturday, and they got beat by Kentucky pretty bad. Um, last I checked, when they beat A&M, nobody cared. Oh, that's just Mike Leach. You know, oh, he's a great Mike Leach. And, and I love Mike Leach. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, love the press conference. Post-game press conference was epic this time. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he, he took it from being scared of Alabama uh, and ha- wanting to hang their jerseys in the locker so they'll get used to it, not scared, to uh, a station wagon. Riding a di- around in a, station. A, a dinosaur, poor dinosaur, the T-Rex <laughs> having small arms to, like, he's worried, like, his players – aren't going to – grandchildren aren't going to have any hands uh, because they don't use their hands right. Because <laughs> evolution is going to phase them out. <laughs> I mean, I just uh, – you know, it's just one of those things that I was like, wow, you know, that, that was that was epic. But, you know, so, so you know, you everybody watched the game Saturday night. I, I, think, I think South Carolina – uh, did not play perfect. Uh, I thought they got off to a great start. A&M responded. Uh, but the facts are, you know, Carolina never trailed in the football game. Right. Mm-hmm. No, the game was never even tied. Wire to wire. You know, and they led the whole way. Uh, I thought uh, the good news is on the offense, because I'm sure we're going to get into a lot about the offense today, right? Uh, second half, when the Gamecocks needed to drive and score touchdowns, they did. That was the best um, drive of the season, I think, in that you know fourth yeah. quarter. That was a great drive. Exactly. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. miss the extra point, then you're down there and you have a chance, really. And I didn't like the play call on fourth and one. In fact, I could have. If I'm Shane Beamer next time, I mean, you got a field goal kicker that's almost automatic. I know you, you kind of get concerned, like you know, if you're up 
you know, 30 to 21 or whatever, you don't want them to block a kick, take it the distance, mm-hmm. score a touchdown, then they get the on sides, which they ended up doing, and then kicking a long field goal to win the game. Uh, you want to make them go 95 yards or whatever because your defense is playing pretty well. And A&M with a freshman quarterback in there showed no signs of being able to do that. Well, lo and behold, they did. <laughs> you know, they got all the way down and, and kicked the field goal, and then it made for some hairy moments at the end of the game. Um, uh, so, so if I'm Shane, I think I'm probably kicking it in that situation because you can't kick a field goal there. It's 33-21. That's ball game, right? Yeah, you're, all- you're, you're not sitting there worried about it. No, it would great for them to get the touchdown. Don't get me wrong, but you know you, you're not really fooling anybody with what you what you're trying to do there. Yeah, who took that last carry for us? I thought it was Lloyd. Was it okay? I I just I I couldn't tell <laughs> in the yeah. list of bodies that was coming up. Yeah. I didn't know if that was Lloyd on fourth and one. Yeah, and, okay. and Lloyd, man, he went out of bounds. He could have gotten. I mean, he was. It was just a an awareness situation for him. Uh, you know, he probably could have cut it up for the first down, and then they they did that. I thought the referees were horrible most of the game. Uh, the, the the picked up flag on pass interference is one of the most baffling things I think I've ever seen in my life. I, yeah, that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Stogner, even on on his big catch down the sidelines, he the guy had his hands all over it. Yeah, um, I saw a lot of bad officiating on Saturday too. Clemson, Syracuse, the whole yeah. second half, man. Uh, I am. Uh, I, I'm sending if I'm Dino Babers, if he cares enough, I'm sending a letter in and saying, "Hey, look, ACC. We know, we know that Syracuse is going to bring hundreds or dozens of fans to Charlotte if we win the division, <laughs> and we know the Tigers are going to sell it out. But come on now, let, let let's let's get this Clemson though to their credit in that game. That all they did was line up. They changed quarterbacks because. Quite frankly, their quarterback was hurt at killing them out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put the new kid in, uh, but it's not a controversy. That kid only threw the ball, what, twice? Uh, and Clemson just ran it, ran it, yeah. ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it all over them. Uh, so here's a note for the game, Kai defense. When you go up there the week after Thanksgiving, you are going to have to stop the run better against That's those right. guys. <laughs> if you do, I think you got a chance to win. I'll be honest. Now, Clemson's defense uh, tightened the second half. Mm-hmm. But you know, I know Carolina said their issues on offense, but I, I you know, I, that's going to be the key because Clemson's going to try to do just what they did last year, line up and run the football uh, against the Gamecocks and probably every team they play from here on out. I, I think while DJ's played better this year, uh, Syracuse obviously has a pretty good scheme of things on defense and, and kept it going. But we're not here to talk about Clemson. We're going to talk about South Carolina. Um, what a good start. You know, Xavier Leggett. Uh, is a guy that, you know, I, I guess I should not be surprised that, you know, a lot of these guys don't have the numbers this year because, you know, heck, when Juice Wells is sitting there, uh, he gets, what, five targets in a game, three catches. Uh, and we got Jaheim Bell, and we've talked about that to death. Uh, you know, chances are your system is not going to allow you to, to go really deep at receiver and, and put up numbers. That's unfortunate, but uh, it is what it is, kind of like Jamie Bradford said. Uh, but Xavier hadn't like fretted or complained or been upset. Uh, he's he's gotten um, he, he's gotten after it on special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the daggum a uh, hundred yard kickoff, which was just sheer will. I mean, really Xavier's, yeah. Xavier's a fast player, right? So so we finally broke out of the scrum over there. 
because uh, I thought they had him, and I was already like, that's a heck of a kickoff return, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he broke out, and I was like, well, you know, did, did his knee maybe go down? or No, he just, it was just sheer will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he destroyed, you know, he, he's ran off and left everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so was he worried sh- he stepped out of bounds right there. I was like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the minute I saw it, I was like, wow, that's, a, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, though, Phil, you know, when you return the opening kickoff, uh, Spur used to talk about this. I know I quote him all the time that, like, sometimes that team that turns a kickoff for the touchdown doesn't win. No. <laughs> uh, and so I'm sitting there thinking that. Next thing you know, Darius Rush picks off a pass. Next thing you know, the A&M quarterback, in one of the most bizarre-looking plays I've ever seen, I think the, court, the ball got snapped, went off his knee. Taka Hemingway, who's playing like a madman right now. I mean, he is playing uh, just lights out, lights out. Crazy good. And uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's right place at right time. I, I wrote today on the Bigsburg.com, I think he's – with the way he's always around the ball, he's Eric Norwood-esque. Remember how Eric Norwood yes. was always just kind of around the football? Very like he probably, so. mm-hmm. probably said the same about Melvin Ingram, but Eric was just like, uh, you know, if there was a ball to be had, you know, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's the deal there. So that's, uh, you know, uh, that was that there. Um, anxious moments, like I said, at the end, but uh, – Got off to a fast start. And then, you know, second half, here's the bottom line uh, about the, the offense. And, and we're going to talk about it. And, look, uh, I think it's less than ideal. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm not having come off of that. I don't like the scheme. I don't like the play calling. Uh, I don't like much about it at all. I think it's too complicated. I think seven-word plays have no business in college football. Um, and, and I think that makes life difficult for your passing game and your quarterback uh, and honest to God, everybody else, your whole entire organization, because it's clunky. Uh, and then the situational awareness uh, is unreal. I mean, you know, you, you sat there last year. I mentioned the Missouri game last year, and that hopefully doesn't happen this year. You know, they're crashing their ends every single time. Uh, that's an easy fix. You just throw a little pass out in the flat to Zaquandre White or whoever you got. And uh, like I said, Zaquandre, they finally did it late in the game when, you know, it was going to be tough to come back anyway. And Zaquandre's still running. He crossed the Mississippi and went into <laughs> Illinois and Kentucky and everywhere else from there, you know, in Como. So, you know, that kind of thing, it's, it's almost at this point like the offensive coordinator is trying to outsmart other people. And, I, and I'm fine with that if you're, if you're if you got a proven track record of that. But you don't. Through 20 nope. games here, this offense has been extremely pedestrian. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're not able to just line up and run it, which the Gamecocks are way more capable this year against just about everybody. Uh, I know the first two games of the year did not go well in this category, uh, but I think with Lloyd playing like he is, I think they found something with the blocking. You know, Nate Atkins has been a big deal over there helping get the run game going, but mostly Lloyd's just running like crazy right now. So the Gamecocks are much more situated and set up to go out this year because of their personnel and run the football uh, against just about everybody on their schedule, I think, from here mm-hmm. on out. Uh, however, you know, what's going to happen when somebody, you know, shuts that down? You know, yeah, we somebody, you know, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Game plans and forces Rattler to win it with his arm. Yeah. And then that's mm-hmm. going to be sort of bad. Cause that's going to come. We're going to see that at least once or twice this year. So we, and, and, at this point, I don't have a lot of confidence in thinking that we're going to be able to to win that battle right yet. I mean, I've, I've got full confidence in Spencer's talent. 
Uh, but I don't know if the calling is going to be there to overcome that. Let's just hope we don't get in a hole. Yeah, I mean, you know, and for <laughs> we, 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 weeks now we've been sitting there talking, and I thought, like, who was it? Charlotte, the Charlotte SC State game, those games. Uh, I thought not great, but a decent job of getting him kind of into a rhythm and flow or like with mm. short passes, things like that. Obviously, the last two weeks when you've been gifted field position, you know, that's probably not the time to work out the kinks in your passing game. No, With a right. shrunk field, you know, some of those were not – I mean, look, the pass to Stogner, uh, Stogner could have come down with it. I mean, you know, maybe yeah. uh, in a situation. But those those were not good plays. And, and, you know, Beamer went for the field goal, which I thought was smart. So, um, you know, and, and look, sitting there, when, when you have one of the hottest running backs in the country – uh, and you're playing that level of run defense, and you you uh, you know if they'd have given it two or three times in the first half field, he had negative five yards. You know, I you know, hey, look, wait, maybe maybe he's just not on, or maybe he needs to get lathered up another time. We need to try something different. But three carries for 28 yards at halftime. I know, I know, and I think you know after the turnover when we're inside the you know what five yard line and and we threw it three times. Why just line, line just up, line up. Just you got you got four shots with one of the best running backs in the league to get five yards. What and I'll say this. Message yeah. does that send? Christian yeah. Bill Smith, I don't think he's over 100 yards yet this year mm-hmm. uh, for the season total, uh, but he's got four touchdowns, man. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, I love he's, he's great number he's two. Mm-hmm. a little hammer in there, you know, and uh, uh, you talk about sheer will, the play before he scored the touchdown when he was in the scrum, uh, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't blow it dead, but hey, you know those officials, that whole crew, deer in headlights all night. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> he just kept going and got the touchdown. Uh, I mean, said set him up for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so happy for him as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just I don't get it. I mean, you know, it, it's like every week you just kind of pick your, you know, like this was this this seemed to be Austin Stogner week, you know. Mm-hmm. Finally, after us, you know, clamoring for it all season, they're throwing him on some vertical routes, and he, he, lo and behold, he went over the middle, Phil. Right, I know. I couldn't believe it. Wow, <laughs> that's like, a great that. throw from Spencer there. Between uh, the ashes uh, is not lava. <laughs> no, yeah, but I, I'll tell you this: though, there are two plays, two 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 examples of Rattler's arm talent. First, there was the the twenty six yard pass to Juice that he went up and got. Yeah. That ball was gorgeous because nobody – it's kind of over there on the sidelines. Nobody else can get to it. Juice went up made the play. Uh, really, really good throw there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, it was unfortunate because Jalen Brooks has come down with these types of balls all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a little – if he just hadn't cont- turned around and contorted his body, he'd probably caught it over his shoulder. It was that good of a pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was unreal. Uh, an unreal pass, but yeah. – uh, it came down in his hands. He was just kind of off and ended up being a drop and all that good stuff. So I, uh, you know, if, if Jalen had continued, had been dropping passes all year, I'd probably be like, man, you got to get him out. But, uh, no, and no. you know, kind of what happened, it was kind of similar to what happened with Xavier, uh, early on when it was a South Carolina state game, uh, falling backwards on your back and boom, it goes off. But, you know, still that was a heck of a throw. I don't, you know, Rattler stat line was obviously ugly. Uh, 12 for 25 or whatever. Gamecocks defense did not have a sack, but they affected the quarterback all night long, Phil. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know, both of them, green green jerseys more than white by the time they left the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this. It's, it's, yeah. It's, um, 
it, it, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, you, you think about, you talk to coaches about is that they all say sacks are kind of overrated. They love getting mm-hmm. them. Uh, but it's, it's kind of overrated because what you want to do is affect the passer. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this, this defensive line now, even though, you know, six sacks last week, none against A&M, uh, still, it was similar in the fact that Haynes King and then Wagman just kind of, you know, they were on the run. Take it on the run, baby. Take it on the run. <laughs> Touchdown, Carolina. Take it on the run, baby. Yeah, but, well, that's uh, what it, well, I mean, you know, you could see how many, you know, batted balls, you know, how many times they hit his arm. It was like, that's just as good as a sack. <laughs> yeah. Other than yeah. you don't lose the yardage, but, hey, you're losing the down. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought Darius Rush played a heck of a ball game, caused a fumble on a punt. Um, also, the big pick for him, I, I think, Phil, with the secondary, uh, Spalding being healthy, Rush being healthy, uh, that's kind of made a lot of a, a good difference back there, um, mm-hmm. you know, along with the D-line playing well. I thought Sherrod Green at linebacker, dare I say, continues to play pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, still getting in there, you know, even dropping back in coverage. They had a couple of nice passes yeah. kind of tying in across the middle. But other than that, I mean, you held him in check. I mean, and and hey, you held that, what, Evans, isn't that his name? Evan Stewart. Evan Number Stewart. One. Yeah. I mean, he did not have a big blow-up breakout game either. Did, yeah, he's special. I, you know, yeah. I looked at Evan Stewart and Devin A-Chain. A chain. Yeah, that was the key. You know, don't let Stewart make great big plays down the field. And he had a, he had a few catches here and there. You know, oh, yeah. seven, mm-hmm. seven for eighty-seven. He's a he's going to be very good. Yeah. Um, and then a, a chain almost like Chris Rodriguez the week before, uh, ninety-nine yards, had a touchdown, caught some passes, but it was really almost a quiet type of game for him. Mm-hmm. I was, it, it was interesting their game plan at the beginning of the game because I don't think he got a touch in the first drive. Yeah, and, I mean they didn't give him the ball. I'm like, damn, you know, <laughs> they, came, they came out, they came out firing. So six, <laughs> you know. So so that's the thing there. All right, today's poll question: uh, Will Marshawn Lloyd uh, rush for over a thousand yards this year? I think that's interesting because mm-hmm. I think that Lloyd. Uh, can get there if he keeps running like he's running. Uh, I also don't know if he'll get the touches to do it. Now, uh, on Twitter, it's 83% yes, 16% no. Uh, I think it's similar on the big spur. I put the poll up there and everywhere, uh, you know, on Twitter and on the bigspur.com every single day. Uh, and the yeses are at 74%, the noes at 25 Remind everybody, two backs have gone over 1,000 at Carolina since LaMarcus Lattimore did it as a freshman. And that's uh, uh, Mike Davis in 2013. Uh, he had over 1,000. And then, which was actually really good. Mike Davis had a really good year that year because Brandon Wiles is in the backfield too with them. I, I think yeah. he, got, he got hurt or something. Uh, and then, um, in uh, of course, 2020, Kevin Harris led the SEC in rushing with, I think, 1,200 and something yards. So, that's mm-hmm. uh, there's only two to do it. There have been very few 1,000-yard rushers believe it or not, in the history of this program, which is crazy because there's been a lot of good backs. Thousand-yard rushers aren't exactly, like, common these days either, Phil, because they, you don't get the carries. So, um, uh, 
Ghostbusters, what do you want? That's the one professional of me. <laughs> Ghostbusters, what do you want? I just thought it was. All right, so Clint goes. We go to the Nana Sports chat box now, and they were about five minutes until we started the show. People started getting in. Clint's right. the first one. It's usually either Clint, Craig, or Doc. Uh, Clint says, what a game. We had an awesome time Saturday night in that atmosphere. Just saw a YouTube clip of the PI that got waved off. That was clearly PI. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that, that more, more PI than some of the damn holding calls they hit us with. That's for Oh, sure. my God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. one of the holding calls on Cam Smith, and you know, Cam had good coverage. He, he was about to jump the route. Uh, and then I guess he, he didn't catch it or what. Maybe anyway, but he had really good coverage there. Really ticky tack, I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really ticky tack. Uh, Doc says, Good morning. Got, got the W. Nailed the score, LOL. Mm-hmm. Great game to watch, albeit nerve-wracking. Yeah, especially at the end, because I was just sitting there looking at my fiance going, they're going to throw ball in the end zone and score. I know. I'm just- <laughs> they're going to lose this game. I was like, Geez. I was just sitting there telling myself, I was like, you shouldn't have said they'd be shooting to throwing it at the damn end zone just at the end of the yeah. game. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, wow. So you know. anxiety-inducing. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jared goes, howdy, Cox. Fun time at williams Bryce Saturday night. We all have our flaw. We have our flaws, but we earned the right to celebrate. Great, great win for game cognition. Yeah, and everybody yeah. contributed. Like I said, yeah. uh, the offense, the stat line was ugly. I, I have serious questions about a lot of aspects of it. But the bottom line, man, you know, they needed two scoring drives in the second half to win the game, mm-hmm. and they got them. Yep. One was an 80-yard drive. You know, um, so, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. I mean, you, your, your hope is if you have one area that's more deficient than the other two, then you got to do it. Now, I'm not, the special teams does not need to escape criticism today. I don't know what's going on on the extra point team. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, this is what two blocked ones this year. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Missed and stuff. I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, that that was costly. You know, and and then you got to grab the onside kick, man. You can't let him recover that. Yeah. At least have those first, that first row of guys block the ones coming after it. <laughs> it was a weird bounce, but yeah. yeah. So Doc goes the rest did all they could to help A and M. Craiger goes game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared horribly officiated game, but we can let Keith go through all that. Yeah, <laughs> Keith's a referee. Yep. Uh, AJM2 says, I'm ecstatic about our record, but man, that was a frustrating game. We've got to get something going on offense. That AM team is bad, but thank goodness they were without their QB1 because our offense is still ineffective. Uh, if you consider Max Johnson their, their QB1, but Haynes was the starter to begin mm-hmm. with. I, I don't know. Jimbo really likes Haynes King for some reason. Um, and, and when Max was starting for them, they, well, I guess they. I guess they beat Arkansas. I don't know. I, you know, look, honestly, you're right. Probably have, uh, probably would have rather seen, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Glad they saw King and the true freshman. Now, that true freshman, Connor Wegman, is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think he's going to be the starter next year uh, and maybe for the rest of the season for Texas A&M. That's what I'd do if I were Jimbo, just get him, get him fired up and, and rock and roll. Uh, yeah, Craig is going. Well, no doubt. Craig's going to the game Saturday for the first time since Kentucky 2017. All right, man. Enjoy so, it. 
Well, that Kentucky 2017 game, I, I've told you all the story many times. I just sat on mm-hmm. my porch and sipped beer the whole day the next day and with my buddy. We were licking our wounds because he's a Tennessee fan and they lost to Florida on the last play. That, that game took a lot out of me. I mean, like, I had to, like, get it back together the next week to do podcasts, <laughs> do whatever. Um, so, Craiger, I understand why you hadn't been to a game since that one. And hopefully <laughs> – Hopefully Saturday, because I'll tell you this, this Missouri team coming in, they don't do a lot well on offense, but Eli Drinkwitz is a tricky kind of play caller. Uh, he can he can manufacture things. He do a lot vertically. They're not running it like they did. Their quarterback's not as – play is not as good with Brady Cook, but he's a dual-threat guy. But what they are good at is playing defense. Yep. And they have the most improved defense in the league, I think, this year. I mean, they don't, they don't give up a lot of points. Now, they don't score a lot of points either. You know, Vandy, Missouri's up 17 zip. Vandy like scares the bejesus out of them last week. <laughs> so that's it. AJM2 says offense is still ineffective. I agree. I just, uh, they did get drives when it mattered. It was um, interesting because, you know, the whole narrative about Satterfield is that, you know, with a little bit of extra time, he puts together an awesome game plan. And I think, you know, he kind of came up short last week. We, we, we continue to win in spite of ourselves, which is yep. fine. Wins yeah. are wins. Wins but, are wins. Know, we got to get out of our own damn way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, so yeah, no doubt. And no doubt. I mean, look, you, you want to – hey, that getting three instead of seven after the pick, <laughs> that, that could have cost you. Yeah. Right? It almost did. But yeah. Look, you know? I mean, yeah. think about it. I mean, you're up, you know, like, so take away the field goal and then it's an extra point. Yeah, you're up like 35-21 after that last touchdown. Uh, if you do that. So anyway, uh, Brian says, morning, fellas, huge win. That was the best atmosphere I've been a part of. A lot of people are saying that, Phil, that like the win at the game, that that's the best, one of the best they've been in at Williams-Bryce. You could just, uh, yeah, kick- I could hear it on the TV. It's like when that first third down came, you, you could hardly even hear the rooster crow. I was yeah. like, man, that, that place is seriously loud if you can hardly hear that on TV. <laughs> uh, Josh, Josh Pate, by the way, 24-7 Sports, lots of great things to say about Williams-Bryce. Check that out. Yes, as Cocktober rolls on. Cocktober. He's the uh, he's the signature of um, – uh, he, he, he coined that phrase, Cocktober. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, kickoff was allowed as he's heard. Yeah, that kickoff return. I'd, I'd like to see a comparison of the decibel meter in that stadium between the kickoff that Leggett had against A&M and then mm-hmm. like the, the punt return from Ace Sanders against Georgia 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as different moments. Uh, his three-year-old about jumped out of his mom's arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel like being negative today, Craiger says. Go five and two. Uh, AGM2 says we're beating bad teams without their quarterbacks. You know, I, I don't think that's quite fair or accurate. And, and I know that you picked Carolina to blow AM out of the water. Uh, but I'll tell you this number one, AM has not quit. Uh, number two, when you look at what they've done this year, they're very opportunistic. So obviously, heading into the game, you can't let them up off the mat or give them opportunities. Um, you know, win is win, but I'm pissed. We should be crushing these guys. Now, nah, I don't, I don't know that. You should have been, you know, I mean, and and the offense has been what it's been. I mean, you can't really expect your offensive coordinator to just, you know, go out there all of a sudden and, 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 you know, be Steve Spurrier (laughs) in the game. Uh, You know, Carolina never trailed in this ball game. No, I mean, you know, it it just, you you got, and that's the thing. I mean, this team is probably the most talented team we've faced since Georgia. 
Yeah, top you to know, bottom. Yeah. It's just you know, and and they're young. They're very they're young. They're just really, really young and inexperienced and haven't gelled. And I mean, it's like it, you know, you're not the. the <laughs> Not everything is screwed on that side of the field. You know, it's just, they just got to get it together. See, I disagree. Our West, best win by far is Kentucky without left. Well, it, like AJM too, man. I know that, I know that you went out on a limb with your prediction last week and you, you, you it was closer than you wanted it to be, but I, I'm not going to sit here and go back in time and nobody should with a brain. I mean, and, and harp on the Georgia and Arkansas game. Those games are in the past, mm-hmm. you know, uh, everybody's a different team now. It's it's October for God's sake, you know. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and diminish a win uh, just because of your valid criticisms about the offense. And I'll remind you that terrible offenses uh, get up seventeen nothing and then don't score again. You know, you got to give them some credit for a you know a fifty one yard scoring drive and an eighty yard scoring drive when the team needed it. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, th- this team had it, it. If they had a different system, if they had a different situation there, uh, it's good enough talent-wise. Certainly, you're right to go up and down the field, but that's never happened. That's probably not going to. So you got to win with your special teams, with your defense, and selective plays on offense. And that's just kind of how it is. And so, hey, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I think that beating Kentucky on the road was good. With or without Levis, I think that win over AM was good. You know, uh, they got to beat Missouri and Vandy the next two weeks. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm concerned as all get out about those two games. Worried about um, the letdown. <laughs> but, but, you know, are, are we going to be sitting here with their seven and two going to the swamp saying best win by far is Kentucky without Levis? Or when, if they go to the swamp and win, they're eight and two going into Tennessee and maybe game day comes and you're on a national, are you going to be sitting there saying, oh, it's the best win ever? You know, you can pick every team's schedule apart, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and go from there. I mean, who's Arkansas's best win against this year? Cincinnati, <laughs> Carolina? Yeah, right. <laughs> Did it come in week one or two when ours are coming here in week, you know, six and seven? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the fourth and one was confusing for us in section 13. Uh, the PA announcer says this is another Carolina first down, so everyone thinks we just shut the door. Really confusing for hype fans. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, Ashley says Gamecocks have overcome two of their three major preseason hurdles, Kentucky and A and M. Yeah, look, let me just let me just break this down for you guys. Uh, South Carolina, prior to this season, has played in in what used to be because now they play seventeen, which I don't like. But they NFL for our lifetime, Phil's been sixteen regular season games. Right. Gamecocks have played an NFL season worth of games against Kentucky and AM and been one in 15. You're the Jets. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> basically, the Jags are the Jets, you yeah. know, and then they've won them both. So here we go. Uh, Jeff Fowler, Chandler Maynard Spurrier, man, the way we win is ugly. LOL, great win. Go Cox and Semper Fi. And what do we say to that, Phil? That's right. Thank you for your service. And you're right. God smiled on the Gamecocks. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, I think sometimes maybe, I mean, you know, it, it's obvious what needs to be fixed, right? But if you can kind of get through it and still win and, you know, because when you're winning, that helps momentum and recruit and all that good stuff. Uh, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Uh, Josh says, good morning, guys. What a game. If there's a team that forces its fans to need anxiety medication more than the Gamecocks, I haven't found it. 
Uh, Sean says, safe to say Sellers offer means Reno staying in 24. Yeah, you know, as time's going on, that Reno is going to reclassify things, kind of died by the wayside. Um, I thought it was kind of over when school started back. You know, I'm like, yeah, I doubt it. (laughs) And I don't know. I don't know the sellers necessarily is a lock for the Gamecocks. I think uh, I mean they feel good uh, about it, and they're going to try and get it done. But I don't. It's know one of those. Might have wish you got in a little earlier than that. Maybe, maybe so. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Georgia may offer. I, I don't know. What that, I mean, everybody likes him though. I think he's a good kid or a good player. All right, we have this is going by fast. Phil. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, so we got to go uh, and take a break. Um, don't forget Keith up at the, the top of the hour, Phil. Yep, top of the there. hour. And uh so we'll go like that and uh uh we'll go with that and then go go from there. So it's uh it's one of those things that um you know uh we, we'll get to. I'm sorry, I got distracted. I was looking at the <laughs> the mailbag emails that we got. Yeah, so yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna try to dig into that. More Nana mm-hmm. Sports chat box. Keith all set coming up at the top of the hour, right here inside the game Pass the show on another victory Monday edition. Talk to you soon. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right. Even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with J.C. Sherver, and I'm Phil Mullinatz. First hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss at Colwell Banker Kane Realty in Spartanburg. Uh, get in touch with Cindy for all your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. So let's see if we can't clear out some more uh, Nana Sports chat box here, JC, and then we'll hit uh-huh. the uh, I Help Consulting mailbag. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out where we left off. Um, go, uh, Jason. He's new. Jason. Just glad the next game's at home. Yeah, somebody actually said on yeah. the Big Spur today. And keep in mind, some of you are on the Big Spur. And it's your handle, and then some of you are here with your real name, and so I don't, I don't make that connection. I don't, I don't look up like everybody's real name on the Big Spur unless you're a butthole. <laughs> and then I like to, I like to kind of find you, and you know, after I get dog cussed by some of you, and then go see, you know, the good Lord on your Facebook page and all that good stuff. <laughs> Hope y'all had fun at church, but uh, anyway, um. So Daniel, so Jason's in. He's like, just glad the next game's at home. I agree. Somebody was saying today, Jason, that um, and it's on down around the ten thirty mark, Phil. If you're looking forward to put it up on the board, yeah, that's like, uh, man, I, had, yeah. had, I had to skip over a few things. Uh, no, that's uh, I'm trying to get back that far. Y'all are prolific this morning with yeah, uh, everybody's got something to say. I love it. Yeah, rather it be a four o'clock kickoff at Williams Bryce because uh, I think four o'clock's pretty good time this time of year. Yeah. It's nice and cool. Part of the game is uh, in dark, so the, the 
the LED lights will be, the strobe lights will be going. That's crazy looking, by the way. When mm-hmm. you look at the, the the sky shot of Williams Bryce when it's pulsating, it, it's, it's not. I love the pregame interviews with like the opposing coach, and then you know all of a sudden the lights go out, and now yeah. you're baked in red. You're, you're almost <laughs> like, what the hell? You know, what's going on? So uh, it's uh, it, you know, it, it's one of those things, but uh, it still gives you plenty of time to tailgate. Four o'clock kickoff, you can get there ten or eleven. Have a little lunchtime tailgate, maybe even some bloodies at the mm. beginning, and then uh, gradually work your way into lunchtime and cookout and all that. But I, I agree with you. I think uh, it's much better at four o'clock at home than new a noon kickoff in Columbia, Missouri, oh, yeah, which is dead. Sure. Is what dead. eleven o'clock? Because isn't that Central no, Time Zone? Eleven time? Central, yeah, Ugh. and it's it's dead there. Uh, Seth said it's a race to improve, like Shane said. Also, getting wins while still improving. Also, my voice is completely gone. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all, y'all heard me after Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Bree says we left a lot of points out there, so there's a blowout was there. I said 34-17 based on giving the ball to Lloyd early and often, and he got three runs. Come on. Uh, Christian Bill Smith blocked me on Twitter for pointing that out. I know, I'm, that's why I never add him when I talk about him. I, <laughs> I, I, I had don't really tw- talk I, about I, him on Twitter anyway. I, I was really so that. frustrated in the first half, I actually sent a tweet that said just it was simply like new OC. <laughs> <laughs> and I deleted it because I was like, nah, I told myself I'm not going to do it. Tiffany says, Vandy's beatable, so is Florida if we were a complete team. There's yeah. zero reason to lose to – Lady Breeze says, there's zero reason to lose to Vandy or Mizzou or Florida for that matter. Their rush D stinks. Well, that's it, but you got to, you got to, you know, scheme it up to run the damn ball. I don't know. Vandy might actually luck out and get uh, their second night game of the season here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I don't really? know what the schedule looks like otherwise, but with us coming to town, you know, why not? <laughs> See, Clemson's played Notre Dame that weekend, but that's going to be on NBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? A night game in Nashville. Carolina's I've, – I've told a lot of people they're actually going to that, so there's a – should be a oh, pretty yeah. good – there always is a good-sized crowd that goes to Nashville with the team. Bullish Nazambia Rebel says, don't understand why fools think football is just consists of offense alone. It's a three-phase sport. Our guys are playing good team ball. Yeah, complimentary football. And I'll tell you this. Again, I'll remind everybody, and I'm frustrated with the whole ideas of the uh, – I'm frustrated with a lot of things about the offense, and I'm not going to lie to you about it. And I'm sure Keith's going to have some things to say here pretty soon. Uh, But I do – the positive of it was, you know, the offense, which kind of sputtered and bogged down a bunch when they needed two touchdown drives to go win the game, they did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keep in mind – I mean, you know, it, 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 kind of like that Alabama game in 2010. You know, the second half, Alabama came back. I mean, Carolina's up 21-3 early. Places going nuts. Uh, remember Garcia had the safety, and it was 21-14. Uh, and everybody's kind of thinking. I think Bama tried to fake a field goal at some point there, too, and missed it. But, you know, the second half, Marcus got going. Brian Maddox had a big, a big old run. Uh, and Carolina got two touchdown drives, and, and that allowed them to win the football game. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. all – they didn't blow Bama out. Bama came back, you know, and I think that's the deal there. Easy e says, Beamer keeps winning his inflection points and, like Spurrier, is accomplishing things that haven't been done at all or much recently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, everybody heading into the season probably were, was like, God, Kentucky and A&M. Boy, you don't count those before they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach says, you can never guarantee a win of the Swamp no matter what Florida's record is. I agree with that. Uh, Florida's got Georgia this weekend. I don't know who they have. They have A&M. 
Florida plays yeah. Texas A&M this year. I think it's out in College Station, too. Um, they could easily uh, not lose the fan base, but just not be that excited for when we play at that point in the year. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. But it'll still be, you know, the swamp. But You, you, you kind of hope for a day game down there, too, because there's yeah. a lot. It's the LSU to a certain extent when they're not winning. Now, when they're winning, it doesn't matter when you play. No, But when they're not, like, tearing it up or in the hunt – for the division or whatever, you know, they're, they're they have a kind of a sleepy crowd uh, early on. Uh, mm-hmm. James says that we finished nine and four. Say so we still fire Satterfield. How does that work? Well, I'll remind you that uh, uh, Muschamp was nine and four and fired Kurt Roper. There's precedent. Yeah. What, what uh, Spurrier, you, like? <laughs> you know, Spurrier fired defensive coordinators you know, <laughs> uh, after pretty good seasons. Especially uh, if, if one of those four losses is you fall flat in a bowl game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if you're going eight and three, you're playing in a big bowl, major TV, and if you fall flat on your face, then – and the offense is the reason, yeah, you could do it, man, without <laughs> – Timothy says the sellers actually fit the Satterfield offense. I don't know who does. What is the Satterfield offense? Timothy? That's the thing. I, I don't know how to even define it. Uh, they need to play Inner Sandman on the PA system more. It's a great hype song. Did they play Inner Sandman? They did. I think uh, uh, they were coming <laughs> back from the break, like third or first. That's awesome. Quarter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Krager says two hours isn't enough for this show. We have so much to say. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's a big big day today, Krager. <laughs> uh, Sean says, please ask Phil about the officiating of the Clemson Cruz game. Okay, so I listened to that game. You know, you and I were texting through it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, did you go to the Tiger, to Ty- Clemson the Tiger Sports Properties? Yeah, Tiger Sports Radio, and uh, listen, it, I, I don't even want to get started on what their crew is like because they're just they're. I don't know they they sound over entitled, but yeah, the officiating was uh, not necessarily much to be desired from what I heard. It was like that they were extremely excited about uh, some of the calls they were getting, so you could kind of tell it was not so good. And after seeing some clips uh, over the weekend, I, I kind of agree, <laughs> not very good officiating. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there on that one. Um, now here's my thing for the ACC. If you don't want Syracuse in the damn <laughs> championship game, why'd you let them in the conference? Yeah. Bas- basketball, that's right. Basketball. Yes. <laughs> says, can we get Hale on soon to talk about the visits this weekend? Yeah, you want to you know, write that down, Phil. Let's see if yeah, try to get McGrannan. McGrannan. Oh, but looking forward, we are going to have Brad Crawford on JC about twelve fifteen on Thursday. So Brad Crawford coming back. Good to have Brad Brad back too. It's amazing. Um, Xavier says I'm late, but I'm surprised the cops weren't called on my house when I batted down that last pass. I was screaming. I was just breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah, I was. I was too. I'm like, whoo. Tommy goes, a lot of preseason predictions had us three and four and oh and four in the SEC at this point. Just win, Coach Beamer. I agree. Like, look, just win. Just win, baby. Just win. It's, hey, look, you can fix everything. You can fix an offense. Uh, you can, I mean, you know, you can, you know, recruit and replace players and develop players and get players better and, and change things. Uh, but it's a whole lot more fun to do it while you're winning than losing. Yep. I think. Uh, you got to maximize, you know, and, and, and that's, I guess that's my big problem here. Phil's like South Carolina has talented players. And, 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 I'll, I'll give you an example. Clemson. I, I watched that Clemson game and, you know, something hit me when I was watching them. 
they don't do anything like they used to do. Uh, no. They don't really run tempo. They don't really like uh, get out there and go super duper fast. They kind of just line up and run the dang ball, and then their their passing game kind of takes. They, they take what they're given and they take shots. Brandon Streeter's never called plays before, uh, but dude, I mean, it may what they do is nothing special, but it makes sense. You know, and if it hadn't been for DJ being misfiring, I mean, they'd have probably gone up and down the field a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's like the same – they have they've had the same playbook for 10 years now through three different coordinators. Um, I think Dabo's got his hands in a little bit because he loves running the ball and, and all that. But, uh, you know, that's a college offense. I saw the poster board with the emojis on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alabama runs the same thing. I mean, you know, you, you just – you know, all this cadence and all this other crap that they're trying to do, it just muddies the water in college because there's not enough time. And, and look, even with all of that, you know, even if you just stripped it down and had one word play calls and all, the actual calls leave and, and game planning leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, personnel usage, Lady Bree says, is a big issue. I like I like the formation schemes and play designs. I do. I like those too. But when certain, they call certain stuff, it just doesn't make sense. Um, Luke RJ says, how about Marshawn not staying in bounds trying to get a first down? That onside's kick and Hail Mary wouldn't have happened. I agree. Uh, but look, man, when you're going 90 miles an hour, right, <laughs> uh, like he is, and, you know, I, I can forgive that. I mean, yeah. shoot, he should have. Just like Jalen Brooks hugging the sideline a little too close last week. Yeah. You know, that's something that you got to you gotta have a little more awareness. But look, man, I mean, you know, why you, you can't blame him for that? I mean, that, that happens mm-hmm. in the course of the game. You know, we all see it, but mm-hmm. we're not out there playing, okay? So so there you go. Yeah, uh, James says, bird's eye view. And I, th- I was like, oh, man, I hope he dives for the pylon. But, nah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought, man, he's mm-hmm. in, you know. Yeah. Uh, Todd and Tommy thought he got the first down, but listening to some of their highlights, they left a lot to be desired. He called it a Marion juice, juice, juice wells. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. he said Stogner was incomplete on a complete pay anyway. Uh, James Churchill, by the way, I like that last name. Churchill's, Churchill's English Pub Club. You remember that? The no, Churchill's in Greenville? No. Oh, man, does that precede you? <laughs> I don't Hangfield, know. It... Making me feel old today. No, no, uh, no. Churchill's used to be a place over off Pleasantburg, I think, and it was very Oh, hot. I know where – yes. It, it I was know very exactly – like, I think it's a McAllister Square Mall, actually, but it was uh, – uh, you know, my dad used to listen to Rock 101 when driving around the car, and they were big advertisers with them. Like, Churchill's, Churchill's English Pub Club. <laughs> anyway, he says the goal of this program should be to win as many of these type of games as possible keep building through recruiting as long as we are recruiting – a team and it wins. The future is great. I agree. I also want to give, uh, make a point. The previous staff left some dang players here. Um, I I looked at the players of the game, right. You know, and every dang one of them was a must champ recruit except uh, Stoddard. And I'm not saying the new staff hasn't brought in some nice pieces to help. Cause certainly you look at the safety position, wide receiver position alone. And that's a fact, but uh, you know, I, I, I think this notion that, Shane Beamer was left without any talent mm. is wrong. Yeah, it's uh, not. You know. It's just not true. Yeah, Muschamp left, left some. Probably it would be fair to say Muschamp left some young, good younger players mm-hmm. here. 
Um, you know, because there's this big debate, you know, uh, sort of some of the crew uh, on the message board wants to, they want to diminish everything uh, and argue. And it's kind of funny, the same people that think that Steve Spurrier inherited uh, a better roster top to bottom than Shane Beamer are the same people that think Marcus Satterfield hung the moon. Uh, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in talking to some of these folks, you know, that, that I'm like, I look back on it, you know, somebody used Tremaine Tyler and Terrell Davis as like examples of the big time players Spurrier inherited. I'm like, no, uh, Spurrier mm-hmm. inherited guys that were older and good. Like Sydney, mm-hmm. uh, Sydney Rice wasn't old, but Sydney Rice was good. You know, mm-hmm. he inherited him. He inherited Jonathan Joseph and Co. Simpson in the, in the secondary, which those guys played their butts off that first year. But, man, oh, man, look at the starting offensive and defensive lines. Look at what, who they're playing at DN. Look who they're playing at linebacker. It's not even close. Uh, so, top to bottom, Beamer did inherit a better situation. Now, uh, is the SEC probably more competitive than it was back then? I think so. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat box mentioned, is the East better than the West? Uh, that may be the case this year. You know, it may I, th- be the case. I think it might be. Yeah, I think it might be. Mm-hmm. I think you yeah. probably got three top teams in the West, and 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 you could put them up against the three top teams in the East, and and they'd be hell of a game. <laughs> yeah, Craig Krager says we've coached most champs better players better than he did. See the D line. Yeah, they're finally they're coming along. The D line's coming along. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muschamp left better talent than Spurrier did. Steve decimated uh, our team the way he left. Yeah, and I, and I also think Muschamp left it better than Holtz. Um, Brad Scott, kind of a similar situation because, you know, and thank God Beamer didn't have to go through an 0-11 season last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But similar to like Brad Scott, um, you know, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, there were some players on this roster that Muschamp left that had to kind of learn about winning and playing together and all that. Not that they didn't emphasize those things. Uh, because it got toxic at the end of the Brad Scott era. I think we all know that. But, um, you know, I, I think Beamer and his staff have done a good job pushing the right buttons, getting these guys to believe. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes yeah. that takes time. And I think you can point the defensive line to kind of exemplify that fact. Sweet. sweet. You know? All right. Yeah. I help consulting mailbag, Phil. Let's see. Who we got Just here? Kind of run some out, and then we got to get to Keith top of the hour. Yeah, let's see. Well, we got uh, – Joseph, he's like, I'm at the game. Oh, yeah, this is the one that came in during the game. I saw this pop up. Yeah, <laughs> and it could not have started better. We are up 17 nothing, and our team looked like the dog that caught the car. We have been completely flat and lifeless since. The OC is horrible, and the defense has steadily been worked over like a skilled boxer works over an amateur. I feel like it's been Groundhog Day for the past seven years, all the while the team in the upstate is setting records for most consecutive home wins and has the most <laughs> longest winning streak with a clown for a coach. I haven't been drinking yet. It's dramatic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here's the thing that I was worried about that. Like, if I, because the first half of this game, I, I think you could say we were not playing very complimentary football. Uh, and I'm worried about the defense getting gassed, right? Because mm-hmm. they're just they just keep getting out there. We're three and out, or you know, just hardly out there. So I, I could see that, and I was worried about losing the crowd. Um, I think the good things in the second half came just in time to keep the crowd in it, right? Just to maintain that energy, and then uh, and then we saw what it did in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, I don't look at what's going on up here. It what's going on up here is yeah, 38 consecutive wins uh against the ACC, 
and Furman <laughs> and us, unfortunately, over the past few years. But uh, yeah, don't you can't compare the two. It's it's a completely different animal. Um, yeah, and if and you I, hadn't started drinking by halftime, yeah, you probably should have had a couple. Yeah, just relax. <laughs> that was a hilarious email. Yeah, <laughs> John. John says we finally beat A and M. Great win for the Gamecocks. Defense's special teams carried it for us. Marshawn ran his butt off, but I'm still not sold on Satterfield. That seems to be the consensus. Anyway, going to my first game in a few years next week. Hey, you and Craiger, John, yeah. get together. We'll always support the Gamecocks and love the show. We appreciate you listening, and thanks for helping me get through the day. Semper Fi and support your local PD. Agreed. Yes, what sir. do we say to everybody that says Semper Fi? Thank you for your service, too, John. Amen. Amen. All right, let's roll the next one. Uh, Tristan, Tristan W, yeah, yeah, that's right. W. No, neg- no negativity this Monday. I'll save oh. it for Tuesday. <laughs> come on, come on. We have Keith, we have yeah. Keith coming on. It's Monday. Right. Yeah. We're gonna save it till noon, Tristan. <laughs> but it feels dang good to be a good football team. Felt like we could have won that game by three scores. Yeah, you're probably right. We left a few on there. I think we were actually a better team. I think so too, all together. Uh, feel like we were learning how to win, and I hope we keep building on it. We need to really celebrate and enjoy this win because I think we'll go back and look to say that this was a big game and really told us we were back. So freaking happy to get this W, go Cox, Tristan. Yeah, this is, you cannot overstate how important gutting that win out was. You know, I mean, it is, we are on the precipice of a real program defining season here and we just have to continue to build on it. Uh, and I think that the schedule sets itself well over the next couple of three weeks to continue to do so, JC. Absolutely. I mean, I think obviously Missouri and Vanderbilt, those are two teams. If you're South Carolina, you can't lose to. Yeah. Here you uh, are. You're, you're going to be favored to win. And now after being the underdog in a couple and stealing a couple, then you need to flex yeah. <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. Bates West Kevin chimes in on the I Help Consulting mailbag. JC and Phil always look forward to listening to your show, but after a big win, it's even better. Yeah, man. Tend to agree in a mm-hmm. comment after the AM game. Bam Martin Scott had a key block on the opening kickoff return for a touchdown, and he blocked the pass on the final attempted Hail Mary that in that game. Uh, to, end the, to end the game. I feel like the game kind of success so far has been a credit to some lesser known players on special teams as well as depth players. It seems like the Gamecocks are decently deep in talent. I would call it decent. You know, uh, Carolina – hold on, let's knock on wood real quick. They've avoided the injury bug uh, in a major way after the big hits with Strawn and, and Mo Caba. Yeah. Uh, two or two definite starters. So, after that wave sort of hit, you know, I don't know if Terrell Dawkins will be back this year or not. Hope he is. Thank God for Gilbert Edmond. Gilbert Edmond um, – you know, but it's it's been when when South Carolina does not have injuries, um, their depth is, it can be pretty good. I, I do think the COVID redshirt year helped because a lot of guys that have been out of eligibility are here. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think the portal helps with that. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you know we don't know enough about the portal now to get kind of a good idea as to whether or not you can sustain and build and, and avoid some of the depth issues by utilizing that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Bam Martin Scott, when they got him out of Juco, uh, he had a lot of options, you know, but he reclassified, came to Carolina early, had a red shirt last year, uh, was not healthy. 
Uh, but they like him. They think he's good. From Fort Wayne, Indiana, of all places. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Fort Wayne. So yeah, there's one from Indiana. So anyway. All right. Mm-hmm. We got Keith Allsep coming up. He's going to bring the thunder. Oh, he's uh, already in, and you're going to yeah. love his name. He's, he's yeah. Oh, he's leaning into it, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, Baron, we'll get to your uh, your email from the, from the IHOP Consulting mailbag uh, after mm-hmm. Keith. We're going to roll a commercial break here. We'll be back pretty soon uh, mm-hmm. with more uh, Nana Sports Chat Box with Keith Alsop coming up with his weekly Monday call. Monday call with us right here on the show. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man. Hey man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? 
Hey folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nanasporch.com. Go there. Food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasporch.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas yep time to get back to the show shoot all right my man welcome back to inside the game cox the show second hour of the show is brought to you by the burgesson team at remax by the lake give adam or Derek a call or shoot them an email at a burgesson that's b-e-r-g-e-s-o-n at remax.net for all of your commercial or investment <laughs> real estate needs and we are joined now on the mckeller enterprises guest line by none other than the man who coined the term for loss jimbo keith Alsept, host of locked on the gamecocks y'all check him out keith we won in spite of ourselves again. <laughs> Hashtag four loss Jimbo. <laughs> the $96 million man. You might be giving him too much credit this year, Keith. I think he's going to surpass four. Well, uh, guys, it's uh, it's a magnificent Monday in uh, Gamecock country, Gamecock media. Uh, after you know, the most explosive start inside williams Bryce Stadium in a little over 10 years. I think that Georgia game in 2012 was the first Saturday in October, maybe the second Saturday in October. Um, and South Carolina won that game with an unrelenting defense that no matter the fact that they couldn't score a single point or even get close except one time from the time they scored their 17th point, which was with nine minutes and 51 seconds remaining in the first quarter until three minutes and change was left in the third quarter. Clayton White's defense kept saying, put the ball down and let's play. And they kept forcing punt after punt after punt after punt. And early they forced field goals. Special teams were spectacular. Uh, the officiating was uh, abysmal. Garbage. And, and, you know, JC and Phil, you know, the, the slogan of the SEC is it just means more, but it really just means more what that logo says on the side of your helmet. And uh, I thought the culture won the game because they didn't play perfect. They didn't play pretty. Uh, and uh, you guys, if you ever follow a game on ESPN on on the uh, game cast, they, they give you uh, constantly on one side the win percentage for, each, for uh, the team that they think is mm -hmm. going to win. Oh, yeah. At, at halftime, the uh, – GPI, the Gamecock Pod Index, had Texas A&M as 99% to win that game. Because <laughs> I've seen that movie too many times. Yep. But what was different this time was the culture 
of South Carolina football under Shane Beamer. And hey, little Stoopsie with the big fat head. It's not the climate. It's not the stupid sunglasses. It's the culture that no matter what, we're going to keep grinding. Coach, we've got your back. We believe in what you've been telling us. And guess what, guys? That is the kind of culture that championship programs are built on. That's Clemson circa 2015, okay? That's Alabama under Nick Saban. That is Florida football under Steve Spurrier. That's Georgia football right now under Kirby Smart. It's Alabama football. It's Ohio State football. They believe they keep playing. They don't give up. They don't give in. This Gamecock team played with grit. And they won in spite of one of the most mind-boggling and unbelievably pathetic game plans I've ever seen from a play caller. Yeah, no, and I, I mentioned it before, Keith. I was like, you know, a lot of people give Satterfield credit for his ability to prepare with extra time, and you know that what that that there is nothing, nothing about what we saw Saturday that would point to that at all. Look, it, it's it was a great win, okay, but for Marshawn Lloyd to have three carries at halftime is coaching malpractice. For you to have the football first and goal at the five-yard line when you should have had a pick six and you refused to block Devin A-Chain. It is coaching malpractice for number one, Marshawn Lloyd, to not touch the football from first and goal at the five. And I've gone back and watched that first play like three or four times, and I still don't know what the purpose of that play was unless it was a quarterback draw because nobody even appeared to act like they were going to catch a pass. All right. And so even if you say, okay, we're going to try to trick them on first down because I've got to show everybody I'm not just the smartest guy in the room. I'm the smartest guy in the stadium for him not to get it on second down and third down. And if you're on the one-yard line going forward on fourth down, absolute coaching malpractice. It should have been 14 to nothing, and Marshawn Lloyd should have touched it three times in a row down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got four shots to run the one of the better backs in the league from five yards out, and you throw it three <clears> times. <throat> Anyway, that's yeah, if you don't want, I mean, you know, if, if you don't want, I mean, I, those are long developing plays too, man, and stuff that's hard to run when you're packed in there like that. You know, the, the, the little out pattern to the tight end or something. I, I no problem with that, but I, I, I had no freaking idea what they were doing either. And even if you don't want to run Lloyd there, Bill Smith, he hadn't rushed, he hadn't even gotten to a hundred yards this year, Keith, but he's got four touchdowns. That guy. Down close like that, that's a better – to me, I'll take – you know, take my chances with him over what they were trying to do, even without Lloyd. But it was early no enough. About it. Early no enough in the game. I mean, you don't have to line up and run it every play. I just questioned the whole – it's the same thing, same problem I've always had. Run, 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 pass, 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 run, run, run. You know, just – how are you going to keep a defense off balance when they're like, oh, well, you know, whatever. But I do. I will say this for the offense. I thought two drives, second half, 
you know, they needed a touchdown, you know, and it kind of – the game flow was a little like that Alabama game in 2010 where Carolina jumped out. Um, Alabama comes back. I realize Texas A&M in 2022 is not anywhere in the same stratosphere as 2010 Bama, uh, but I don't know that the game cost are as good as they were in 2010 either. Uh, but remember, Garcia had the, the safety. It's 21-14. There's kind of a battle. And then – all of a sudden, Gamecocks started kind of riding Marcus uh, Lattimore. The Brian Maddox had a big run. You know, they were they were completing key, and, and the offense had two touchdown drives and allowed them to win the game. I, I did think, you know, credit to the offense in the second half, especially Lloyd, who had fifty one yards in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, for scoring when they needed to score. Now, I agree. There's tons of issues, uh, and and hopefully those issues do not cost South Carolina a game. But uh, I'll give them credit for that uh, uh, as far as that goes. You know, I, 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 you talked about the culture, Keith, and uh, I agree. I, I've seen when culture turns at certain places, there are a lot of games like this. Uh, and I'll, you know, I, I'll remind people uh, in 2016, which was the first year Clemson won the national championship, the exact same score Carolina beat A&M by the exact same score they beat Troy by at home, 30 to 24. Now, they didn't sit there and go, oh, my God, we could have lost. Yeah, you know, they kept building on it. That's that bring-your-own-guts game against Notre Dame in 2015, Notre Dame played really well. Clemson was kind of sloppy. They almost lost to Louisville a couple of times. But they won, and they took it and moved on and continued to build. Uh, and that's kind of what I like uh, about the culture, like you said, is these guys, these guys it seems – you know, I think Muschamp left a lot of talent here, right? But I think what Beamer and his crew have done uh, is get those guys to kind of believe and maximize. I mean, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, look, most of those guys that were making plays to help South Carolina win the game were Will Muschamp's recruits now. You got Spencer Rattler, who's now 20 and four as a starter. And I thought he had a really sneaky good game that is not bared out by the stats because there were four balls that were dropped. Mm-hmm. And that throw to Jalen Brooks in the end zone right before the half on a dead <laughs> run, he dropped a 60 yard laser on a rope that should have been caught. Look, that would not have been a spectacular catch. If he made it, why? Because he plays in the SEC and he's on scholarship. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. He got he got all twisted around. Man, he if he'd have just sat there and caught, let's just kept running straight and caught the ball, he uh, over his shoulder he would have. He's got this weird. It's kind of weird, and he's caught passes like that all year. But uh, you know, going back at like live, I thought he was probably a little more contorted than he was. So, so I, I, I do think upon further review should have come down with it. So, you know, like I said, all credit to Clayton White in that defense. Finally, you score and you go up 24 to 14 with three minutes and like 13 seconds to go in the third quarter, JC, Phil. And you, you get a three and out. And you get the ball back and – the clock at that point was your opponent. Mm-hmm. And why in the H-E double hockey sticks, you're throwing that ball on first down. I have no 
idea. Okay, because look, this is a defense that was number 115 out of 116 FBS teams dead last, I think in the SEC, even in run defense. And you're not running the ball. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd, three carries in the first half. And it is 20. 28 yards. I mean, yeah, it was, he was averaging nine yards a carry. I mean, well, I, let's talk about first down, okay, because I, I went through – in the first half, South Carolina ran 10 first-half plays for a combined total of six yards. You were constantly second and 10, second 11, second and 12, second and 14, second and nine, second and eight. You did absolutely nothing. In the second half, you had 14 first down plays because your defense kept giving you the ball back. And outside of two explosive Marshawn Lloyd runs, you had 14 first downs for 60 67 yards, 42 of those yards were on two plays. So the other 12 first downs were a grand total of 23 yards. Now, you won the game because you were really good on third down, eight of 16. And you had a lot of hidden yards, right? Like 100-yard kickoff return, 59-yard interception return, 19-yard fumble return. And Texas A&M barely had 300 yards until the last minute plus of the game when, quite frankly, they shouldn't even have had the football because on that third and 13 from the 18-yard line, Marshawn Lloyd went out of bounds. He knew where the line of the game was at the five and that uh, I don't even know what to call him on the sideline, he marks him out on the six, making it fourth down. It was first and goal right then. The game was over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like South Carolina had two timeouts. I do not know why they didn't use one because why are you going to take those timeouts back to the locker room with you? I'm calling timeout. I'm challenging that. Okay. To me, that was the only thing I would have liked to see from Shane Beamer. I thought he was magnificent. I thought Clayton White and Pete Limbo were magnificent. And, you know, South Carolina, Williams-Brice Stadium was like a keg of TNT. And when Xavier Leggett ran that kickoff back, it was like throwing a match in that keg of TNT. The top came off, and you saw it, eight false starts and we saw one of the most bizarre plays that you will ever see in college football (laughs) they could snap that ball a hunt a a million times and i don't think you could ever get it to where haynes king's left knee was bent just enough for that snap to hit it at the top of the knee cap and to bounce back across the line of scrimmage over the left guard and left tackle who were still down in their stances because the center just 
Well, he probably had a brown stain in the middle of his pants after that play because <laughs> he was a freshman. I mean, they they were playing three freshmen on the offensive line. I mean, you, 99 times out of 100 or 999,999 times out of a million, that ball bounces straight in the ground and probably somebody from A&M falls on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one in a million play and you get another touchdown. It was just the Gamecocks night and the culture allowed them to persevere and get the win. And Shane Beamer and the defense basically went down there with eight minutes and 13 seconds left in the game and said, you better run the damn ball. Okay. And they did. Eight plays, 80 yards, seven run plays. Do it all night. Do it right. Do it all night. They did it late, and it wasn't too late. That was uh, the margin of victory. So, you know, it's another win. They didn't play perfectly, but they played with grit. They played with perseverance. And I thought they played harder than A&M. Yeah. I, I'll say this about A&M. I, you know, getting down like that on the road, they, they could have packed it in, obviously. I, I will say they didn't quit. And that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, torching Jimbo Fisher in the media today because he lost that game. But uh, I think they're young. Uh, I actually – I think any team that has that kind of, those kind of issues on the O-line and a quarterback – they're going to struggle against this league against in, in this league against most most teams. We've seen it around here. Um, you know, uh, in, in A&M, the games they've won this year, they've been pretty optim- opportunistic. Even the Alabama loss, you know, they took advantage of turnovers and, you know, could have won the game. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Keith. I think persevering, overcoming – Hey, you know, complimentary football in a lot of ways. You know, you didn't see the defensive guys getting mad at the offensive guys, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they came in with a win. Would you have kicked the field goal on fourth and one down there? I, I, I kind of see it both ways. Uh, looking back, obviously, they probably yeah, probably should have to go up 12, and that essentially is the game. But, you know, you get a block or something, who knows? So you just had that extra point blocked. Yeah. I think that, you know <clears> – <throat> I think that kind of weighed into the decision. But, again, it was first and goal on the five. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd did not go out of bounds until the five-yard line. I would – I could see it both ways. Like you said, J.C., if that's an NFL coach, they're kicking that every time because then you got to have two touchdowns. And as good as South Carolina's been, the bugaboos have been snaps – Mm-hmm. on the kicks and you know you just got one blocked uh but having said that i thought the play they ran on fourth and one had no chance and was doomed from the start I no, mean, there's no question no. I, I i that was awful um i mean but par for the course i mean i i just think marcus satterfield is a guy that if circumstances change and it's not what he thinks it should be or is going to be, like the first two times you get it on offense, you're in the red zone both times, five-yard line and like the 17 or 18-yard line, whatever it was. 
I just think he gets inside of his head and wigs out and doesn't know what to do because he's scripting plays from the, you know, minus 25, <laughs> right? And, uh, I mean, look, that's, that's now 20 games of Marcus Satterfield. I mean, it's kind of baked in, okay? It just is, and – you know, you're five and two. You have a tremendous opportunity. You're going to be favored in your next two games. You're a five or six point favorite against Missouri for homecoming. You can't let AM beat you this Saturday. Okay. You can't have that letdown. Then you're going to go to Vanderbilt and you're going to be a favorite. So you could very well be seven and two going to the swamp. And during that same time period, Sunbelt Billy. Gets the best and most physical football team in the country in the Georgia Bulldogs. And then they go, go to Kyle Field to play what will be a desperate Texas A&M team who, despite the fact they didn't play very good, they are fast, physical, and violent. They have big-time athletes at every position. I saw somebody say Texas A&M looks slow. I, dude, I don't know what you're looking at. That, that, that crossing route that they ran to Jaheim Bell, that they've been running to Juice Wells, he, he's been running off and leaving guys. And Bell got tackled, and Juice Wells got grabbed by the leg and pulled down, by the way, while the ball was in the air and there was no call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, referee, the officials were, were awful. Um, as they were, we've talked about Clemson Syracuse, too, in that one. That one was uh, – Atrocious. <laughs> Look, that's a that's about money though for the yeah. ACC. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's either Clemson, it's Clemson and the thirteen dwarfs. Okay, uh, they, they, I don't think that after that gigantic crowd Wake Forest brought to the ACC championship game last year, Wake and Pitt. You know, I think they're at least twenty thousand. I mean, Q's is bringing several dozen. <laughs> there were there were several dozen Syracuse fans there. So, hey, they were raising hell too for a while. You know? Yeah, they showed them on TV. They looked like they were having a blast. Yeah, so. you could hear it on the radio. <laughs> I thought there were two calls and one no call that decided that game. I thought the roughing the passer call, where the Syracuse guy actually gets pushed into mm, Klubnik yeah. on the sideline, mm. still did not rise to the level of roughing the passer and then the interference call in the end zone where there's no chance that rose to the level of a dpi that, yeah. that book of those plays were on third and long and extended the drive for clemson mm -hmm. while they were behind okay yeah and then they just absolutely not the they knocked Garrett Schrader in the middle of next week after a run on the sideline. Much more egregious contact, no call. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I, we talked about last week, if you watch the UNC-Duke game, I mean, they ACC, they just bring out the fire hose and they go <laughs> hose you in the fourth quarter if, if you're not the name brand school. And <laughs> – Syracuse was 6-0. and They really hadn't beat anybody. NC State with their backup quarterback mm -hmm. uh, in the Carrier Dome. That, that's their best win of the year. 
And I really thought they outplayed Clemson. I thought they were extremely physical. And here's the good news if you're South Carolina. Uh, that the, the Tennessee and Clemson games are like an eternity away from that. I mean, South Carolina played Tennessee this week. I would say I wouldn't even take Carolina in 20 in that game. Mm. But you don't know a month from now what it's going to be like. I mean, did anybody think a month before South Carolina played Florida last year, it would be like uh, 30 to 7 or 30 to 10 at halftime? And you beat them 40 to 10, basically. They scored a late, meaningless touchdown. Auburn, I think, had won three or four straight. And Bo Nix breaks his ankle right before halftime against – uh, Mississippi State, and they lose the game, and they got to roll in with uh, T.J. Finley. Nobody thought even two weeks before Auburn rolled in that South Carolina was going to beat them because, you know, a tip of the hat to Mike Bobo for what he did with Bo Nix last year prior to the injury, and now uh, Oregon – uh, Bo Picks is now back to Bo Nix because he's already thrown for more touchdowns this year at Oregon. Of course, it is the Pac-12 where defense so, is totally optional. It's a little sparse out there. Um, he's thrown for more touchdowns already than any season at Auburn. Ducks have not lost since losing to Georgia, 49-7. Nope. So our 40, yeah, 49, three in the opener did not even get a touchdown in that game, but uh, yeah, get crats off. Dan Lanning may be another coach I'm wrong about. So uh, ducks uh, beat UCLA pretty good this weekend. Well, Keith, we appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, victory Mondays are, are, are awesome. So we hope that we're back here next Monday with another victory Monday episode. Uh, and then the next week too, because Losses in either one of those games, they're gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be terribly disappointing if that happens. It'll be awful. I mean, it's another trophy game. Like JC, we're finally gonna get to know what that bottom trophy looks like. <laughs> and look, Eli Drinkwitz, uh, mad respect for him as an offensive coach, but he's probably got the most punchable face of any head coach in the SEC. And uh South Carolina has not beaten him as a head coach. You know, he had a cup, of co- a cup of coffee. Uh, Scott Satterfield set the table and left a loaded App State team for him. That got him the Missouri job. They eked it out, uh, I think, 17 to 10 in 2020. And then, you know, you had another one of those Marcus Satterfield uh, inexplicable game plans in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, and so you got the Mayor's Cup, which, you know, Missouri has beaten South Carolina the last three years, 2019, 2020, and 2021. South Carolina's last win over Missouri was the Scarnecchia game in the monsoon. Sherrod Green, who I don't even think knew where he was supposed to be. Drew Locke was throwing the ball away. There was no Missouri player even in the screen. And there was Sherrod Green guarding the sideline and it hit him right between the fours and he waltzed in the end zone. And uh, 
Scar hit uh, 23 years old. Down to the 23-year-old <laughs> line. Hey, we after after the kickoff, we got a boom, hurt me. And there was that a was, oh, hurt, it was hurt a hurt me. me. It was hurt me and then boom. Yeah. Oh, hurt me. <laughs> boom. Wheels in the sky keep on Do you ever wonder what Tommy Suggs is doing in the booth next to Todd when he does that? Uh, what, wiping what, drool off his chin. <laughs> what, what's Tommy Suggs doing? Uh, right now, I'm going to get on you about that. All right, Tommy <laughs> Suggs, by God, as far as I'm concerned, he's the only quarterback at South Carolina that never lost to Clemson. Freshman team. This is true. Three straight mm-hmm. years on the varsity. And then – Won the ACC championship, which is the only conference championship South Carolina still won. I don't care if you got a rolling man in a wheelchair 20 years from now. Tommy Suggs, by God, can keep calling Carolina football as long as he wants to. I love Tommy. Color man, it really is fun. Uh, just uh, so many of the the things that I love about hearing, you know, the radio calls or Tommy's in the background, just you know, loving loving what's going on. Are we talking <laughs> as a starter though, Keith? Because I didn't, I didn't think Shaw or Garcia lost to Clemson either as a starter. Four years, JC. Wow, so four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four years. One zero on the freshman, freshman team. team. Three and a, okay, I got you. I got you. Three as the varsity and. Won a conference championship. No and Connor, Connor didn't start. That didn't play in 2010 when Carolina went up there. And Garcia was on the roster in 07 and 08, and those were losses. So I got you. All right, sounds good, man. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate the uh, the heat as always on Monday, Keith. And uh, everybody, go become a patron. The lots on the Gamecocks podcast. You'll you'll love it. It's a lot of good stuff. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hopefully next week it'll be five loss, Jimbo. Five loss. <laughs> Could be. Hey, so just one last thing. General Brian Beauregard Kelly, he's put it on Lane Kiffin like Sherman marching through Georgia. <laughs> he did, didn't he? He did. Earth. Just killed him. Two straight points. Hey, he's a good coach, man. People mm-hmm. people can say what they want. I think the guy can coach football. And he, he's paid his dues and, you know, won everywhere he's been. But uh, I think they made it, maybe needed some time just to get it together because he, he's a lot different. Like the, the – the, the, whatever Coach O was running down there after he won the whole thing uh, was not working. No. Looks like you want to talk about culture? Long. Culture went bye-bye with everybody after that national mm-hmm. championship down there. Cool it's the, the hot blonde in the uh, insta. Six lost Jimbo now. I think they play at Death Valley. Yeah, they got LSU left. Mm-hmm. They got Auburn. They Where got Ole Miss. Opponents Auburn, go. Ole Miss, Florida, and LSU remaining for them in addition to UMass. So, Yeah, Auburn and UMass are very similar. Yeah. Dead, dead man walking in Auburn. Chip Kelly, would you give him a call? Or I mean, you know, I've been calling for Lane Kiffin for years at Auburn, simply mm-hmm. because there'd be a pair of pants 
on his Twitter feed, or it'd be rat poison. <laughs> I mean, there would be constant and daily trolling of, of Alabama. Oh, yeah. He would lean into that hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talked to somebody the other day uh, familiar with Auburn, and they, they think they don't know that they can afford to get Lane Kiffin. So money. Shoot, I'd call it the Yellowwood guy. Just have him yeah. run check. Everybody's selling Yellowwoods. Yellowwood's still popular. <laughs> you got to do that if you're Auburn. I, I think so too. You got to have somebody to get people excited. And that that program, they hired a boring, boring coach, and it's become it's so boring down there. It, it's not even funny. So um, <laughs> I'm with you there. All right, Keith, have a good one. You too, guys. Thank you. Peace mm-hmm. out. That's yes, Keith Alsep, the Monday Thunder that he normally brings. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to be back and uh, and uh, catch up on the uh, Nana Sports chat box as we close out a Victory Monday edition of the show right after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA mid-amateur tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter at Mer Taylor at M E R T A Y L O R or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar spelled M C K E L L A R Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting 
nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This this is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Here we are in the final segment of an exciting Monday after a big win over Texas A&M. Uh, just to remind everybody that uh, the second hour of the show is sponsored by the Burgesson team at Remax by the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a Burgesson, B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at Remax.net for your commercial real estate needs. Also, a bit of news here. Xavier Leggett is named Special Teams Player of the Week for the SEC, as well as Darius Rush is the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. So, uh, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> That's as, meat, as Meatloaf says. As Meatloaf says, two out of three ain't bad. You know, and that would figure that the two uh, uh, two areas of this football team that played the best would get uh, the best players off of it. As well as, hey, we got a Vandy time. We got a Vandy kickoff time. Seven thirty SEC <laughs> Network. So we'll lots of t- Jordan Rogers and all them again. Lots of time to go get liquored up on Broadway during That's the day. Right. Go to, uh, yeah. Good old I'm time. A, I'm kicking her. I don't. I, I doubt I'll be able to get away for that one because it's not a bad drive. But good lord, man, I could go sit at my favorite spot on earth, which is the the back of the bar at Legends Corner. Yep, because uh, <laughs> you can hear the music, but you can also have a conversation. Uh, and then there's the rhyming right out behind. So I, God, I'd love to do that prior to a game. I don't think I will make it down, but it's, it's still, that's uh, that's awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, congratulations! I think Xavier deserves it. I think Rush, Rush played didn't just have the pick. He he shut his guy yeah. down pretty well. He played a heck of a game. That's for I, sure. I, I, the whole secondary played well. The defensive line, it when it all works in cohesion like that, it's a. Uh, it's awesome to see because the, the defense up front's disruptive. And then that makes the job of the secondary. The secondary just plays better when Carolina plays uh, aggressive up front. Um, Smith chimes in. He goes, there's only one man that can save Auburn, and his name is Will Muschamp with Satterfield as his OC. <laughs> I, I think, I think I, Muschamp may be done as a head coach, and it may be his decision. I don't know. 
just a yeah. speculation there. He may, he may, he may just be happy where he's at. His kids there. He's got another kid that's going to be uh, an outstanding college quarterback prospect. The place for Eric Kimry up at Baylor in Chattanooga. He's at his alma mater. Obviously, he's gotten paid pretty well. So you know. I don't know. I don't know if that, you know, Oliver, Lisa, but uh, I know you were just joking there, Smith, and I did laugh. Uh, Craiger had his big spur sticker on the truck this weekend. I saw it. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. Thank you. Thank yeah, you man. so much. Daddy O says there are not enough banks in Alabama to finance a must champ center field acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> Zach says Keith is like a more composed Gamecock Larry. I don't know who Gamecock Larry is. I don't either. I've heard, I've seen I've that. He's on like maybe on 1075 or something. That must um, be it. Evan says, Do you guys think that Beamer is stuck with Sap for now and is trying to buy some time until the offseason? Beamer's a good coach, but he's losing out on players and wasting talent they have now. You just can't make a change right now, Evan. I mean, if you're no. going to make a change, you had to do it during the open date. And how do you make a change when they arguably, you know, the second half at Kentucky, 266 yards and 17 points? You know, they played pretty doggone well, second half at Kentucky. Um, yeah. But I think you can see it in Beamer that he is less than pleased <laughs> with what the offense is doing. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 any kind of coach always wants to – always wants to maximize, you know, it's one thing if you don't have players or so first year of, of even, even last year. Okay. You could look at it and, and, and look, I didn't necessarily agree with this because I had a lot of questions as to what the hell they were doing and why it was so necessary for Zeb Nolan to even play uh, because he's the only one that could run the playbook or whatever. But you can see it, a lot of injuries, a lot of issues, first year in a system. All right, I'll, I'll buy it. They finished well and beat North Carolina or whatever. But when the same old stuff keeps happening, you know, the, I, I think most coaches are like, all right, we're not getting the most out of what we've got. You know, um, going back to the first must champ season, you know, people wanted to fire Kurt Roper after that year. And I think it's just because – uh, some people did not go do the research and, and look and see that Kurt was only at Florida for one season. Uh, and it was very, it was good. I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't great, but it was better. You know, I know Muschamp got fired. It was inconsistent, but their offense did take a, a step forward under him. Um, and people want to fire him after 2016 when they put Jake in because of the Clemson loss. And I'm like, well, in that situation, you got a bunch of freshmen out there playing against that group that they had on defense. Yeah, right. It's probably not going to end well. Okay. I understand things like that. What I don't understand is, and Beamer said this, and he's not just blowing sunshine. They have a lot of guys that are going to play in the National Football League on this offense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is, uh, you know, including some offensive linemen, quite frankly. You wait. People, people don't believe me on that. You wait. Uh, including the tight ends, uh, receiver. A lot of guys got a chance, uh, especially, you know, running back, Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, it's probably an NFL player. Uh, so, you know, you kind of look at that, and you got Spencer Rattler back there at quarterback. I mean, you know, I know Spencer makes mistakes, but have they done everything they can do to set him up for success, or or is the mandate on him, you know, we're going to run this, and it's up to you to do well at it? I don't know. You know, it seems like it's the latter to me um, because the guy – you know, and, and Keith's right. He did have a sneaky good game, you know, because, uh, you know, there were some misfires, some drops, some PIs that were not called. But, man, oh, man, some of those throws he was making, a thing of beauty. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think they put him in terrible positions to start games. Uh, and they have the last two have been wins. So, so all that adds up to this. You, you're not being, you know, I've said all year, this team just needs to play its best. And I think everybody can live with the, the outcome if they do. Um, they're not, they're not, they're not being as good as they can be because of this. This is a very restrictive sort of situation. But Evan, they can't they can't change it right now. I mean, you you know, you've got you gotta just, you know, there's no there's no logical person on staff to take over uh where they wouldn't miss a beat and change things up. The players like Marcus Satterfield too. Um Marshawn Lloyd and everybody else came out and defended him on Twitter yeah. after the game. Um and, and so as long as you're you're winning, you got a chance to finish really well and then reevaluate uh and reassess. And and I think that's that's a good thing for a head coach to do. I mean, there's time's ticking. You know, there's only five more games, and and this Missouri game is scary uh, because South Carolina is better than they are. Okay, but uh, just like Kentucky and just like A and M, you know, people were talking about last week. Well, A and M ran all over them last year. Well, that's last year. That's not this year's A and M team. Carolina only had five yards in the third quarter against A and M last year. Well, that's obviously last year. And not this year's AT. Oh, well, Kentucky will just line up in the Wildcat with Rodriguez. No, they don't run the Wildcat anymore. That was two years ago. This is this year's Kentucky team, and they don't have the O-line to do it. Uh, this Missouri team, folks, uh, everybody's gonna think, oh, well, you just gotta, you know, slow them down on, on defense because then Carolina should be able to score. Uh-uh. They are a daggum. I mean, they held Georgia to what 26 points. Yeah, I mean this is this an aggressive aggressive team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good defense. They take their defense on the road. They almost won at Florida. They almost won at Auburn. Should have won at Auburn. Auburn was a oh gosh, yeah, disaster. Yeah, um, but but they're going to come in and play hard. They're not going to be scared of South Carolina. They've beaten South Carolina three straight times. There's a trophy. Um, I think what what just like last year's game against the Gamecocks, they kind of got it circled and they see this as a pathway to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Now, on the flip side of all that I just said, I don't think their offense is anywhere close to what it was last season. They have some players. Luther Burden's a very talented freshman. Uh, their running back's been up and down. Their quarterback, as I said, he's kind of he, – he's he's hit or miss a, a lot of times, but he's got some wheels. He's Eli Drinkwitz is a good play caller. Let's let's not, you know, confuse that with anything. But uh, game guys are going to have to bring it Saturday to win. Uh, night game at Vandy, I like it a little better than a day game, Phil, because I, I think guys will, you know, be a little more fired up, you know, because yeah. you go up there and kick it off on a, at a, at a, a, a nooner in Nashville. It's, like you said, it's 11. It's yeah. 11 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody in the city is still hung over. Most people are talking about the Titans or, you know, whoever, George Strait's playing, whatever, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, you know, no, no, nobody really cares. Uh, that crowd is dead. Your crowd's dead and hung over. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not uh, – you know, with nine games up there, though, you know, Carolina's, uh, you know, usually performed pretty well. So I, I kind of think – you know, in a mystical kind of way, that kind of helps the Gamecocks uh, two weeks from, from now. But that Missouri game is going to be tough, and, and you could just see a scenario where the offense is a dumpster fire for Carolina, and unlike, you know, and they don't get the breaks on defense and special teams like they have the last two weeks early, you know, Missouri could go in there and bleed them to death. I mean, they're they're a spider web team, sort of like Kentucky. 
Uh, you know, you can just see Carolina losing 17-13 and Eli Drinkwitz talks crap yet again walking off the field and and then all the positive momentum the last two weeks. So Carolina's got to start maximizing uh, and, 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 and get, you know, and maximizing their talent on offense. And I don't know how they got, you know, it hadn't happened so far, uh, but I, I don't know how you do it, but you got to do it. Yeah. We're all still waiting on that, you know, breakout game that people keep referring to for, you know, Spencer Rattler and things like that. And, and, you know, like you, Jason, I, I just don't, I don't think it's schemed up for that to happen. You know, I, I just don't. The the play calling and all of that is just not designed for that. Now, we did take some shots this week. I agree. You know, I mean, it hit the one to Brooks, and we, we're talking a different story. Um, but very, very careful about what goes on on Saturday because if you're down, like you said, you lose a game 17-13, they could put all 17 points of those up, you know, in the first half, not score again in the second and catch you in that web offensively, mm-hmm. and you just can't come back. Because yeah. they they will bleed you to death. <laughs> At the same time, Vandy almost caught them in the web last week. Yeah, I, I hey, couldn't hey, believe. I, I love yeah, that. Vandy had been that good on this. See, that's no. what I'm saying. Missouri, <laughs> Carolina could really, I think, unlike last season when Missouri really their offense got the best of the Gamecock defense. I think this year could be a lot different. Yeah. And it's a different one explosive play. The other touchdown was defensive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, it's a it's a different uh it's a different Missouri team coming in here. 17-14, 26-22, 24-17, 17-14. I mean, those have been their scores uh in SEC play. Uh Tiffany points out Tiffany's not a Satterfield fan, by the way. Uh Sats contract expires at the end of the season. Simple not to renew. True, he didn't get an extension last year. Craig says Craig. Rush is a baller. We need Rush, Cam, DQ, and Nick to stay healthy. We can win almost every game. I think they. I think Rush is playing really well. And, you know, you heard a lot about him at the beginning of the year, and then he got hurt, so Dial had to go out there and play. Dial, Dial plays better, I think, is the third corner, you know, yeah. or if they move a guy to nickel or whatever, so that's good. Nectarios Capilos. <laughs> that's a fancy name. Nectarios. Uh, Nectarios. What's the deal with Greg Atkins? Every time someone asks about his status, Beamer seems to give an out-of-character response. Because he's got a health issue. Yeah. And I, I think it's nobody's business. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say this. Lonnie Teasley's done a great job filling in for him. No doubt. No doubt. You know, because the O-line is playing as well as it has. They're playing more consistent. Well, it's not perfect, but it's never going to be in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's the thing there. Cocky Gaming says, welcome to Cocktober, official sponsor of Manscaped. That's right. That's right. Hey, and don't forget the code Big Spur still works for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Absolutely. Just because we don't have it up. We got a new sponsor coming in for the bottom part here. So yeah, um, yeah. that's why we don't have the logo. But yes, you can still get free worldwide shipping, 20% off manscaped.com. Do it. Uh, in fact, the folks from Manscaped looked at our numbers and said we were doing pretty well. So you guys must like those products. That's right. Um, Crager says we have some NFL guys, but everyone we play has more NFL guys than us until we recruit for about three years. We're closing the gap, but not there yet. I don't know. I mean, I think you got to get close. I think the Gamecocks are close. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I like their classes that they've had. Um, but, you know, I mean, I don't know that at South Carolina, Craig, you're always going to, you're going to get guys uh, like five star, like a bunch of five and four star guys. Um, I, I do think what you can do in the event, you know, everybody talks about how South Carolina 
say, uh, you know, is that a recruiting disadvantage being in the staff? I don't think so. I, I think mm-hmm. that it's actually an advantage because, you know, look who is the special teams player of the week in the SEC. Look who the defensive player of the week is in the SEC. Two kids from where? South Carolina. South Carolina. That's Three-star right. guys. Yeah. Leggett had a Tennessee offer late. Uh, Rush had no other offers, you know. Yeah. And that's what makes me feel good too, JC, because, you know, we saw that kind of guy come up through the Spurrier area, era, yeah. right? Developmental, local guys. You From, know, that, yeah. Yeah. That's where you got to build a program off of that. And then you go out and get it. But, you know, it's just our, our recruiting may not look like, you know, Bama or Clemson or Georgia, you know, ever. You know, but we may still be able to be successful. And yeah, I think that, I mean, that it, speaks it, to the culture in the program. If you can get a guy that's just as good from the state as your five star from Atlanta or whatever, why not get that guy? You know, yeah. that guy. Yeah, uh, guys in our state tend to be undervalued anyway, I think nationally recruiting wise, just because they're where they are. Yeah, where they are. <laughs> not not enough Clint, eyes Clint. on them. Clemson goes way national now. You know, they don't, they don't, they, they, they recruit the state here and there, but that's it. Um, Tiffany says, JC just needs to host the show as Coach O. Literally one of the best I've heard. <laughs> Look like Tiffany. I, oh, I think I'm going to host the show as Coach O over the Go Tigers. Uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Uh, Phillips says, if you're going to insist on being a pro style, why not run a scheme like the 49ers? Well, we've heard the 49ers. We've heard the Rams. We heard Joe Brady meets Lincoln Riley. We've heard how much? Yeah, uh, you know. Look, the Rams run a good scheme, man, but you, you the, 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 for the NFL, but you have to understand the Rams can go, okay, well, our receivers need to be great blockers. And so they'll go sign receivers that can catch that are great blockers. You know, we need offensive linemen who can go horizontal. Yeah. And, and that, actually a lot of the Rams stuff they were trying early on. And I think that went over like a lead balloon. So now they're just back to running counter and duo <laughs> and all that. And counter play for Marshawn Lloyd's really good for him. That's a yeah, good play. And working. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That comes out for him a lot. So, mm-hmm. so that's the deal. But yeah, I'd like to see some, I mean, some of the, and look, I don't know that even like the idea of being creative is the problem. It's like when to be creative, you know? What yeah, I'm that's it. Yeah, and I, I think mean, that's the difference between creative and cute is when do you call it? You know? Yeah, because like, yeah, that reverses a creative play. But if you use it the right way, and we've seen it twice now, uh, that it's it's effective. That, 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 yeah, it is. It's one of the slowest developing plays I've ever seen. It is terribly slow, I but mean, I think you, that you, really you can get yeah. there. Yeah, and you can point to the speed on uh, the the A and M side of the ball with the result of that play, as opposed to the one with Kentucky. I mean, you know, you want to talk about there's no players on that team. It's like okay, Jalen Brooks took that to the house two weeks ago, or yeah. three weeks ago, and was stopped. You know, with well, just a first down last week. Yeah. I'm with you there. Doc says, I wanted uh, Satterfield gone at the end of last season. I understand why he was kept. It just does not work. The thing I keep getting back to that, I mean, why, I, you know, I I thought it was a mistake. Uh, but at the same time, I was willing to give it a shot because, all right, so you change offensive coordinators. He may bring in a new offensive line coach, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that would be what? four coordinators in four years for this group, mm-hmm. you know, and they had enough trouble learning a new system last year. And 
you know, you, maybe you're just like, well, the bowl game was good enough. Because, uh, like, look, you know, it's, it's pretty simple to figure out what happened in the bowl game. Number one, DeCarian Joyner played the position he's supposed to play. He played his butt off. Okay, he played great. Number two, they lined up Jaheim Bell, uh, kind of an H-back, and he also played the F receiver. Well, you got other guys now playing F receiver. You don't line him up at F. You line him up at different spot. I mean, you know, uh, and the whole year last year, I said it, and I was absolutely right. He's not a really a tight end. You can play him out there, run some tight end plays for him, keep guys off balance, but he's more of like a, a – a, hybrid receiver type, you know, and then the talk was we're going to use him like the Niners use Debo Samuel. Well, I hadn't seen that. No. You don't go down the field to him like they do to Debo. Mm-hmm. And Debo will get it from scrimmage. And I mean, you know, all that good stuff. So, and look, I'm not saying he's got the talent. The, the, the He's probably not quite as fast as Debo is in the open field, but he's big and explosive. And he's a dang ball. The the, the bigger guy that, that I think is a problem with not getting in the ball is Juice Wells. Juice Wells is the best receiver they've had since Debo Samuel around here. And I'll say he's better than Shia Smith. He's better than Brian Edwards. You know, he's good. I don't ever see a vertical ball to him. No. Uh, the one enough. the other night, you know, they, they tend to want to kind of throw it to him close to the line of scrimmage. Well, hell, if he's fast enough to run off and leave the whole defense, he's fast enough to go down the field, right? That's right. <laughs> so I don't, I don't understand it. But, um, you know, anyway, I, I could sit there and talk about it all day. Rakeem says, if we're eight and two going into Tennessee, does college game day stop by? Maybe. Uh, maybe um, I don't know. Maybe SEC Nation. Yeah, Stacy points out game day probably not since they've been to Tennessee this year. They've been to Tennessee twice, but that game's in Columbia. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, I don't know. 76, because we pleased to do a third hour today. I kissed the first, and he says, missed. <laughs> I kissed the first, and I liked it. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta actually go record a JC and Morgan. We missed last week, so I'm gonna we and Mike are gonna go ahead and knock it out. But anyway, we appreciate everyone tuning in. Keith Allsep, as always. Tomorrow we got the mental edge with the Sawyer Nicks. That's the right. Mental edge uh and all that good stuff. And um we'll continue on with uh, our week Wednesday. I'm sure uh, Jamie will stop by, all that good stuff. Brad Crawford on Thursday, maybe a couple other surprises that you, you never know. For Phil Mullinax, J.C. Sherbert's been inside the Gamecocks the show. Hope everyone has a wonderful day.